right, you ready? I'm so ready. You all ready for this? Dun 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 Passions Podcast. We're talking about episodes 36 and 37 today. Correct. And 36, I feel like we're going to just power through this because there wasn't a whole lot that happened. There wasn't, but I have a lot written down. So I have a lot written down, but I feel like it doesn't all need to be said, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think we can. That, yeah. it's, that it's not really like story... I don't know. Anyway, well, let, let's see how long this takes. So, episode 36 opens with Luis and Sam at the coffee shop, which we learn is next door to the youth center. Right. Right yes. next door to the youth center. And they go in and we meet Beth, who flirts with Luis for a little bit. Yeah. Kind of flirt. And- I, at the beginning of this, I was like, well, they clearly have a history. I'm unsure of whether they dated or if they're both just kind of attracted to each other or what is going on between these two. But it's clear that she's interested in him and he definitely has like a little thing for her. Right. So she says, what can I get for you guys? And Sam orders a coffee and she says to Luis, let me guess, you, you just want your usual sandwich order for the youth center. And he says, no, not today. There's not enough money. You know, we're Things are tight, so I can't afford sandwiches for the kids. And Beth says, you know what? The sandwiches are on me today. So, thank you, Beth. I wonder if she owns this establishment. Yeah, I mean, to make... Either she's a manager, like like the store manager, or she owns the establishment. Because you can't make a decision like that unless you have, like, some real power, you know? Right. So, she's going to put in a sandwich order for the kids at the youth center. Then Sam and Luis go and talk. Yeah, the guys have a conversation, and basically Sam is worried. He hopes that his brother Hank, who just showed up, won't get into too much trouble here in Harmony. And then they hate on the cranes. Yeah. (laughs) Sam and Luis love to shit on the cranes. Yeah, and and he says, well, Luis says about Hank, he's got it in his mind that he's going to meet a rich girl and marry her. And Sam says, well, the only girl around here like that is Sheridan Crane, and... The last thing I need is my wayward brother chasing after Sheridan Crane. Well, that might be the last thing he needs, but, but I'm pretty what, sure that's the, that's first, the first thing, thing that's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, that's the first thing up on the agenda is your wayward brother chasing after Sheridan Crane. He's yeah. already in progress. That's in progress. For sure. Yeah. So they hate on the cranes for a little while. I got great pleasure from it. And then... <laughs> I found it very pleasurable. I did. I just... Ribbed for her pleasure. Oh, brother. <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> yeah. I got great pleasure from I took it. great pleasure from these two men hating on the cranes. Yeah, no, I did too. I, I love when they get together and just commiserate about oh. how shitty the cranes are. Because oh, they me do too. suck. They're terrible. So at some point, they, the conversation shifts a little, and Luis asks after Grace. He's like, so what's going on? I know you've been worried about her. What, what updates do you have? And Sam's like, none. <laughs> I've been on the chat room and Seeker hasn't gotten on and so we just have no idea what's going on. Which is crazy. They have no updates and Charity has been in this town like for the last 30 hours. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Charity's she's been there since day one. <laughs> run into him like 30 times. They've been there and yet they don't have any 
God, we've had so many near misses. I'm so over this shit. I'm <laughs> over it. it. Let's keep going. We'll get to that in a minute, but I'm so, so over it. I get it. Yeah, so um, Sam just kind of tells him that he has no news. And then he's like, but I actually do have to go see Grace at her shop. So I'm going to run. I'm going to say hi to Hank next door. And then I'm going to head over to the shop. And we're going to try and do some research and see if we can find anything out about her missing family. So they say goodbye. Luis pops open a magazine and he starts reminiscing about his tango with Sheridan. Yeah, but with like... Different music. But with music (laughs) from like a Mexican restaurant that is like a chain. Like Chipotle music. I mean, Chipotle, yeah. Or even like Actually, it was worse than Chipotle music. Yeah, I feel like... Because I feel like at Chipotle they play like top 40s. They kind of do, th- yeah, like, they'll play that, and then they'll also play, like, world music. It's kind of like the music you hear, I, I don't know. It was supposed to be, I don't know what it was supposed to be. It was terrible. I don't know what it was supposed to be. It didn't fit, it didn't fit a tango at all. No. Why wouldn't they just play the same, why wouldn't they just play the memory? Maybe they didn't have the rights to it, or had couldn't afford more, and so they had, I don't know. I, like, I, I, ass- I assume that music was written for the show, right? Like, they wrote, they, they have, like, a staff accompanist. I Not a accompanist. It. A staff, like, Compo- a score. Compo- composer. Yeah, I'm sure they do. I mean, like, reality shows have, like, a person who does Reality shows probably have more money than daytime soaps. I don't know. Anyway, I, all I know is it just seemed so strange to me that they played that weird, like, I couldn't even tell you what it was. It was like... Suffice it to say it was terrible and not tango. No. It wasn't. So he has that flashback. What else happens? Well, I think we should then go next door to see what Hank and Sheridan are up to. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're talking, because remember, we left them, and they were both at the youth center. Hank was pretending that he was the director, and Sheridan was kind of flirting with him. Well, they were both flirting with each other. Right. So Sheridan starts to talk about, like, oh, I've been a little down. There's a creep in town that's been giving me a hard time. Mm-hmm. And Hank says, what do you want me to do to the guy, you know, jokingly? Um, so they kind of talk about that. And he sees, like, SC on her somewhere. The the initials S and C. Yeah, I assume that she has them on, like, a ring or a bracelet because she kind of, like, showed him something mm-hmm. that she was wearing. And that's, that's how he was, like, SC. And he guesses her name is Sue Carter. And sh- and then she's like, no, it's Sheridan Crane. And he's like, what? As in the Sheridan Crane? You right. Know, as in the Cranes? The Harmony Cranes? Yeah, this whole thing was very strange. I mean, Sheridan starts off the conversation with a very good point. She's like, how are you the director of this place when you told me that you just got back in town? So she at least... Is like onto him a little bit. Like she's asking the right questions, but then she very quickly stops because he's flirting with her. And he goes, Oh, well, if it's my heart you're after, you've already got it. And so he distracts her into this whole conversation about being Sue Carter. And then they flirt some more. It's so dumb. Yeah. It's so dumb. And why is she telling him all this? Why is she telling a stranger about a man? That she considers a creep. Because she has no sense in her brain. Listen, because she even says that to him. She says, like, I don't know why I'm telling you all of this. I guess I just feel so close to you already. It's like, girl, that's how you ended up with a French drug trafficker. Yeah, and you're about to end up with another one, only he's American this time. Like, she's so dumb. (laughs) She just does not care about herself. Sheridan hates (sighs) herself. She does. It's sad. 
Mm. It's sad. She mm. hates herself. Yeah. Because these these decisions are not made by the mind of someone who has any sense of self-esteem. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. She tells Hank all about the court appearance. Right. She's like, oh, it was an unbelievably minor traffic incident. Yeah. And the arresting officer had it in for me so bad, I'm surprised I didn't get the electric chair. I mean, way to blow it out of proportion. Way out of proportion. She even calls it, the case, like, a total misunderstanding. It was a total misunderstanding. I, I don't think anybody misunderstood. No. They gave us a little flashback where... The DA succinctly went through the details of the case, and it was very matter-of-fact. Yeah. Let us not forget that she was going 98 in a 45, and then sped up when the officer tried to pull her over, and then rammed into his car when he tried to stop her, and then tried to flee the scene. Yep. And then told him that she he couldn't arrest her because her name was Crane. Right. Yeah. So she was... That's not a misunderstanding. No, there's there's nothing to misunderstand there. So she tells him all of this and is like, I shouldn't be here anyway, and I think my money can go further at this youth center than me volunteering any time because I don't know how to do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is true. Yeah. And then she's like, I think this is a, pr- a compromise that could work. Just tell me how much money you think is fair. Right. And he agrees to it, but then says, I'm going to need some time to think about the amount. Right. So she then heads over to the coffee shop where Sam has left, but Luis is still there, right? Mm -hmm. And Sam is actually going over to the youth center. So these two characters are just switching places. Right. So at the coffee shop, Sheridan comes in, and does she see Luis when she comes in? She doesn't see him right away. She goes to the counter to order a coffee and a muffin, But Beth, who's behind the counter, is like, you know what? The last blueberry muffin has already been ordered by that guy and points out Luis. Right. And and then she looks at him and says, you. (laughs) And he looks at her and he's like, oh, Lord, not this woman again. You know, and then these two people continue to argue in public as they do. It's one of those things where it's like, could you please tell so-and-so to pass the salt and pepper? Yeah. Well, if if you could please tell so-and-so that the salt and pepper are out of my reach. And it's like, just look at each other and have a conversation instead of, like, bringing a third party into this argument. It's so childish. Yes. And they're arguing about the muffin, kind of, too. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, please, t- I would, wouldn't dream of taking the officer's muffin, so please take, give him the uh, the muffin. He's like, no, make sure you give Miss Crane the muffin, because, it, just like talking to Beth. Right. Back I wouldn't and forth. want her blood sugar to drop, and then she would crash into another police car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he might arrest me if I eat his muffin. Like, they just <laughs> do this stupid back and forth. And just argue with each other for a long time. Yeah. And then Sheridan, out of the blue, is like, well, you know what? I met someone today who's nice to me and doesn't just base his whole life off of hating my family. And Louise says, must be from out of town. <laughs> <laughs> that cracked me up. It was so good. It was good. <laughs> must be from out of town. <laughs> So that pisses off Sheridan. She grabs the muffin. She's like, you know what? Fuck you. I want the muffin. She takes the muffin and storms out. She leaves. <laughs> I could go for a blueberry muffin, to be frank. <sighs> I was thinking about making blueberry muffins the other day, but I don't have any blueberries. Mm. And I wasn't going to go buy any. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you do make some blueberry muffins, I'll uh, I'll help have one? ingest them. <laughs> I was thinking about it. Okay. So Sheridan leaves. 
over at the youth center, because that's where she's headed back to, mm-hmm. she came to the coffee shop just to give Hank some time to think about what amount of money he wants for the youth center. So she's headed back there, but before she gets there, Hank and Sam have a little conversation at the youth center. Mm-hmm. So Sam comes into the youth center and reunites with his brother and says, you know, the prodigal son returns mm-hmm. and where you been, you know, you should keep in touch with us a little bit better and my girls miss you, that you're their favorite uncle, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And actually Kay kind of reminds me of you and... Oof. Yeah. They just do the exchange of pleasantries. Yeah. You know, congrats on the promotion, how are the kids, all of that stuff. Yeah. We learn that Grace has a and b has a bed and breakfast. Yeah. Grace is like... Killing it. Like Wonder Woman over here. She's doing... She has two businesses that she owns and runs. She volunteers in like every position she can in the community. She has her marriage and her family. Yeah. She's checking in on everybody. She's always going to other people's homes, checking in on them. I mean, Grace is doing it all. Yeah. Um, And we find this out because Hank says to Sam, how's how's Grace? She's still got that... Still running the bread and bread and breakfast. (laughs) The bread and breakfast. I'm just hungry. (laughs) How's Grace still running the bed and breakfast? And I was like, wait a minute. What? Grace runs a B&B and her store? I missed it. We had to rewind because I completely missed it. Yeah. And then he kind of asks, does she have a room for her wayward brother-in-law at the Mm B&B. So I guess that's where he's going to be staying while he's in town. Yeah. And Sam gets tipped off about this. He's a little concerned that maybe his his brother Hank has gotten into some trouble. But Hank pushes back. He's like, no, there's nothing going on. You know, I was just involved in some heavy duty projects. So I wasn't really in touch. I'm here now. I just want to make a nice little nest egg before I can go back out into the world. So Hank is a get rich quick kind of guy. Yeah. And that usually doesn't work out. Yeah. they. He talks about, like, some of the schemes, like a hot air balloon scheme or something. Yeah. I didn't really understand what that was about. Something about hot air balloons, and if he had done it first, like he was supposed to, then he would have been on the news and would have gotten a bunch of, like, promotional work. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't a hot air balloon. Maybe no, it, it was. like Okay. Because then I started thinking, well, maybe he was talking about, like... Doing a bunch of helium balloons? Because I could see that being a stunt that might get a, some publicity. Mm. Somebody does, like, a hot air balloon thing. Like an up kind Not of thing? Not hot air balloon, but, yeah, like an up kind of thing, but yeah. just a chair or something like that. Yeah. With helium balloons. Maybe that's what they meant, but I'm pretty sure they said hot air balloons. I, like, that's... Hot air balloon is where I went, but I also wasn't paying that much attention. Mm. I feel like sometimes I just fill in gaps for myself. Well, we have to with this show. <laughs> My brain just starts to fill things in. So, what are we even talking about? Oh, he's a schemer. He's a schemer. Just like Kay. Sam has definitely heard this story before, and so he takes pity on his little brother and offers him a little money, and Hank's like, oh, don't worry about it. I'm going to get some money for the youth center, and maybe I'll have a little romance, too, but he he takes that $20 bill anyway. Yeah, he takes the money anyway. And like I told you, I do the same thing with my dad. Like, he'll ask me if I need any money, and I'll be like, no, I'm good. I don't need any money, but I take the money. 
Oh, right. Like yeah. I, I could always use some more money. Yeah. Like I, I was like, I don't need any more money, but I'll take your hundred dollars. Yeah. My parents will usually be like, oh, here's, you know, 40 bucks for gas or something. Thank and I'll you. be like, okay, thanks. I don't really need it, but I'm I'll not going to say it. no. <laughs> I do not turn down money. It makes them feel better. And it makes me feel better. No, it's a win-win. It's a win-win. So he gives him the money. He takes it. It's just a little bit of money. And like you said, Hank says he's working on getting funding for the youth center. Mm-hmm. Sam says, well, that's a, that's great because they really need it. I was just talking to Luis and he's been pretty down about multiple things. But that's one of them is mm-hmm. that this, he, they might have to shut down the youth center mm-hmm. if they don't have get enough um, money to keep it open. And then Hank asks him about what's going on with Luis, right? Sam Sam tells Hank about Luis being down about the youth center, but also that the mayor is kind of riding him for a small thing. Okay. So that's, that's how Luis gets brought up. Okay. And then what does Hank say to prompt Sam saying you haven't changed a bit? Well, Hank tells Sam that he is thinking about having dinner down at the Lobster Shack. Yeah. And he and Sam goes, oh, well, that $20 bill is not going to get you much at the Lobster Shack. I mean, that's an expensive meal. And he goes, oh, I know the owner. I bet I can get a dinner for two for free. Yeah, yeah. And then Sam says, oh, well, you haven't changed a bit, have you? And then Hank says to him, is that a problem for you, Sam? And they have like a little tense moment. Mm-hmm. These brothers clearly have a little bit of... Of animosity towards each other mm-hmm. um, and our opposites. They, I think they're yeah. just like polar opposites and we love Sam so much. Imagine how much we're going to hate Hank. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. Hank's going to be a real ass. We're not going to like Hank. Nope. I don't like Hank now. I Yeah, I already don't like Hank and I already don't find him attractive. You already know he's a bad guy because Sheridan's attracted to him. Yeah. And then Sam's saying he's basically a troublemaker, mm-hmm. and I believe Sam. Mm-hmm. Well, he's also already lying about his identity, mm-hmm. pretending that he was the director, accepting a... Well, he hasn't taken the money, but accepting a, a check from Sheridan. I thought he was going to steal money from I her. I did, too. I, I thought he was going to steal money from her. But then I thought Sheridan wouldn't be so stupid to write a check out to Cash or to him. Mm-hmm. She would Surely she would write it out to the youth center. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I, but she might. You you never know. He made it a point to be like, I am. I like her, but I also get the impression that she's worth a lot of money, which I like even more. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's there's he's he's a scam artist. He's gonna do something fucked up. We already know it, right? So Sam, Sam then boogies. Yeah, boogies on out of there because he has to get over to Grace's shop because there's there expecting to meet each other there. Right. So he leaves, and then Sheridan returns from the coffee shop, and she enters the youth center, takes a little seat, puts on a little perfume. Mm-hmm. And these two girls come over and is like, oh my gosh, that's so, that smells so great. Like, what is that? And she says, oh, it's whatever it is. I, I don't, don't remember. Know. Whatever she called it. It was some kind of ex- very expensive perfume, and she sprays some on the girls, and they're like, oh, thank you so much. We could never afford something like this. And then she's like, well, would you like this? You can have this. So she gives them the bottle of perfume to share, and it's very sweet. And then Hank walks in on that scene and says, oh, you're really good with kids, too, you know? Yeah. Hank pops his little head out, and he's like, oh, my God. You're beautiful. You're rich. And you're great with kids. Yeah. (sighs) And then he confesses to her, because she asks, well, have you made up 
your mind about the amount. Right. And he fi- he finally confesses, I'm not actually the director of this youth center. Somebody else is the director of this youth, youth center. I just was filling in until he got back. Right. And there he is now. Well, he also says, the director is actually a really great guy and you're going to like him. Yeah. So you're in luck. Here he comes. And then Sheridan turns around and she goes... Oh, no. It's you. Yeah. She's, you know, I mean, they they hate each other. Yeah. Luis and Sheridan lock eyes and the hatred slash love is there. Yeah. It's crazy. So that's all that's going on with that story. We're going to watch them fight for the next, like, 3,000 episodes. (laughs) I don't even think there's 3,000 episodes of this show. Thankfully, no. But we're going to watch those two fight for fucking ever. Yeah. I'm telling you now. Probably till like season three. Girl, they all they do is fight and argue. They ooh, anyway, we're gonna keep going. <laughs> we're gonna keep going with this story. We? So we need to talk about the charity shit. Yeah, we do. So we're gonna go kind of back and forth. I think between places. Mm-hmm. I think because should, it's all so intertwined. Right. I think we should probably start at the Bennett House. Okay. So Jessica's sitting at the family laptop. <laughs> She gets an email from the English teacher, Mrs. Crump, and she is furious because the email from Mrs. Crump is like, oh my gosh, I'm thrilled that you reached out. I would love to have you in my English class next year. Um, I'm shocked that you were begging to be a part of it, but I'm, I'm so glad that you are. And Jessica is pissed because she did not send an email to Mrs. Crump begging to be in her class because she hates Mrs. Crump. Yeah, she's super mean and strict and the hardest teacher in school, apparently. Mm-hmm. I bet Mrs. Crump is a, an excellent educator. Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I bet she's great at her fucking job. Yeah. These kids just don't want to read. Yeah. She's an English teacher. Yeah. They just don't want to read. They don't want to write a paper. Or write a paper. Yeah. Uh, I get it. I have to write a research paper for this class I'm taking. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm like, oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't yeah. believe I volunteered to write a fucking paper. <laughs> can do. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so Jessica's really upset about it because Kay obviously is the person who wrote the email pretending to be Jessica to end her, to get her into the hardest class and get, end up with the meanest teacher. But apparently Sam and Grace, of course, are friends with Mrs. Crump because I'm sure she's lovely and wonderful. And uh, Jessica can't really complain to them about it because they're going to take Mrs. Crump's side. Yeah. So these two girls fight again. Right? Like, they fight again. I mean, that's the this episode was just like Louise and Sheridan fighting and these two girls fighting. Right. They These girls hate each other. They're like... They hate each at other. At each other's throats. Like, it goes beyond... Yelling and the things that they say are horrific. The threats that they make yeah. against each other. I'm gonna but kill you. I'm gonna cut off your head and put it in the freezer. Like they, they say horrible things, but they're also physically like f- swinging on each yeah, other. Yeah, they're physically fighting. Yeah, like, Jessica chases Kay around the house and then she kind of corners her and starts to like beat her with a pillow. So these two girls are fighting, and at the at the same time, their mother Grace is over at the Lopez Fitzgerald house. Mm-hmm. Because remember, she stopped by to pick up that casserole dish that she had borrowed, or Pilar had borrowed for right. the party. Yeah, she she went to pick up that casserole dish, and she's in the kitchen. Miguel and Charity come in through the front door, basically looking for her, and they stop 
in the living room, giving Grace just enough time to get the fuck out of there, right? So we miss her again. Like, they don't go directly to the kitchen to find her. They just, like, stand in the living room for a little bit and chit-chat. And then say, well, we're going to find Mrs. Bennett. But by the time they get to the kitchen, Mrs. Bennett is gone. She has boogied on out of there, gets back to her own house, sees her two daughters fighting, and breaks, breaks it up. Yeah, she says, stop fighting. Life is too short and people have real worries. And she, and they're like, like you, mom? And she's like, no, like Miguel. He's, he's, he's heartbroken because Charity's gone and, and is moving away. I just can't believe that that is the problem that Grace chose to highlight. Like, I know, people, have people have real, real concerns, problems. real problems, and that's the thing. This, like, little teenage love story that never, never got off the ground, that's what you're going to bring up? People have real problems, and it's Miguel. Yeah, people do have real problems, and Miguel's realist problem is not his love life, but his poverty. Yeah. Like, you know who's got real problems? Teresa. Teresa. (laughs) Teresa's got real problems. I really missed her presence in this episode. Yeah. But Teresa's got real problems. There, There are some people with problems. And, uh... Miguel has a problem, but it's not, like... It's minor. It's not one of the problems that you cite to your children to make them stop fighting and love each other. His father's been missing for years. Yeah, that's That's a a real real problem. problem. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just feel like there are other... Grace doesn't know her family and can't remember anything from the first 20 years of her life, so that's a real problem. I just... There are real problems... In well, harmony. Why, why are we not talking about those problems? Why, why do you choose Charity and Miguel <sighs> as the problem to I cite? Don't I don't know. I don't know. But it was very funny to me. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Grace. So that guilt trip, I guess, kind of worked. Right. So she breaks them up and Kay and Simone go into the kitchen. Yes. To, because Simone's going to give Kay a makeover. Oh, boy. And then... Jessica decides to go and find Charity and Miguel to help them. Right, because Mrs. Standish calls. Charity's mom calls the house. Mrs. Bennett answers. And Jessica overhears the conversation where Mrs. Standish, Faith, explains that her daughter Charity left a note that she's going to Miguel's house. um, And she's worried about her because she hasn't heard anything. And so Grace says, you know, she'll be safe there. I think everything will be fine. But... I'll go check on her and make sure. Right. She hangs up the phone. Jessica reminds her that, Mom, don't you have to go to the shop? And Grace is like, oh, my God, I do have to go to the shop. I'm supposed to meet Sam there. Why don't you go to the house, and then I'll go to the shop. Right. So that all happens there. In the kitchen, though. Can we talk about this really quickly? Please tell us what's going on in the kitchen. (laughs) Simone is giving Kay a makeover, and she's got... Like a green mask, clay mask on mm-hmm. from her forehead down her neck. Okay. Yes, that like it's all it's, it's covering like, all of her. It might as well be head to head to toe. Yeah, nose to navel. And then she's got like foil in her hair where <laughs> Simone's supposed to be giving her highlights, <laughs> but then Kay has. Of like a fantasy of herself as a blonde. She says she's gonna out. She has to out blonde Charity. She says if Miguel likes blonde, then I'm blondes. Then I'm gonna out blonde Charity. So then she has a fantasy of her in a horrible wig. In her fantasy, she looks bad. I 
never look bad in my own fantasies. <laughs> she thinks that she looks good. She, we think that she looks bad. She thinks she looks good. And then in her fantasy, Miguel says, she says, uh, comes to her door and he sees her and he's like awestruck by her beauty. <laughs> and then she says, but what about charity? And he goes to her, charity's a girl. You're a woman. <laughs> it's like, Ugh. she means nothing to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Kay. I, I, you know what? Kay's starting to grow on me. Not in, not in a personal personality respect, just in what she brings to the show. She's dedicated. I'll what she that. brings to the show. Cause that fantasy cracked me up. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. And then, so, and then it like zooms in on her fantasy face and then it zooms out on her fucking Frankenstein face, <laughs> right? Oh God! This did. I'm I'm laughing thinking about it. This scene was great. Oh God! It's so great. Then we're back in the kitchen in reality, and Simone is like looking at the box of highlight dye, and there's obviously something wrong. She's very worried. Oh, and the box was huge. That was enormous. That was a big box. This is the size of Simone's head. It was like a like, shoe box. A big, yeah. It was a big box, and Simone's worried because she's like, I don't think I did this right. <laughs> and so she's going to like take it, take the things out of Kay's hair because Kay's like, my head's starting to burn. Is that normal? And so she goes to take it out and Kay's hair just starts to come out <laughs> she, in her hands in clumps. She pulls the foil out and all the hair is attached to the foil. Yeah. <laughs> in clumps. So remember, Jessica has gone over to Miguel's house to get Charity and Miguel. Mm-hmm. And she tells her, your mom called. She's worried about you. Miguel says, don't worry, like, we'll get you over to Mrs. Bennett's house. We can get this all figured out. Mm -hmm. So they head over to the Bennett home at the exact moment that Kay is just in full disarray, right? (laughs) They walk in through through the kitchen door and see Kay in all her horrific glory. Like, poor Kay. I felt, I actually kind of felt bad for her in that moment because she had told told Jessica, like, don't let anybody in here. Yeah. But obviously, why would you tell that to Jessica? Yeah, you know that she's going to let she's everybody in. She's your nemesis. In. Right. And Simone is like, do you really think Jessica's not going to let anybody oh, see you? yeah, she did. Yeah, the whole thing. Oh, I didn't really feel bad for Kay. I just laughed with glee. I thought it was hilarious. I, I'm a bad person. I laughed. And then she ran. And she runs out really quickly and goes upstairs, washes her face, and puts a bandana on over her yeah, hair. Yeah, she's got like a kerchief over her hair, yeah. so I can't wait to see what it looks like. I it's going to be bad. It's going to be a horrible, horrible hairstyle. Yeah. So she comes back, and Miguel tells everyone that the plan is that they're going to find Charity's aunt, and Jessica's like, oh, well, why don't we go check out Mom's shop? She's down there. We can go ask her for help. So I guess they're all going to head down to Grace's shop. Yeah. They, so they get back to the Bennett home and have missed Grace again. Mm. Let's. What, I just want to point that out. They right. missed Grace by a few seconds yet again. So there's I, that. I think it's also worth mentioning that some nonsense went down at the Lopez Fitzgerald house. Miguel went to take a shower. And oh, then, shit. I forgot about that. Yeah, at the wait, same this time, so- Charity was like, I'm thirsty. I'm going to get some water. And apparently the pipes in their house are messed up. And so, like, when you run water in the kitchen, it it kind of negates anything happening in the bathroom. So, like, (laughs) there was, like, a loud noise. So Miguel, like, popped out. Of course, he's in a towel. It's just an excuse to get him shirtless. Because why did he get in the shower in the first place? Well, he said to her, he's like, I'm going to take a quick shower and then we can head over to the Why did he need to take a shower? I don't know. He just said he needed to. Okay, yeah. I just don't know why he needed to take a shower. I don't. Mm-hmm. The, I don't remember any specifics. Yeah. About what he was doing. 
Like, was he down at the fish market beforehand? I don't remember. Okay. But he did He did say, because I wrote it down, that Miguel says he needs to shower and then they can go be detectives. Like, I wrote it down, so I know he says it. I don't know why, though. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. I, I mean, I knew he said he had to take a shower. I just didn't know why he needed to take a shower. Yeah. It, felt, it just seemed forced. What was he doing before this? That's what I'm saying. Were they at a baseball game? No, no, he was at his house working on the doorbell. Maybe that's why. Maybe he worked up a ladder. He worked up a real sweat working (laughs) on the doorbell. Working on that doorbell. Oh my god, so dumb. It was so dumb and forced that he had to take a shower. And then she turns on the water, and then the water stops working in the shower. So he could to try to, you know fix the sink or whatever and his hair is still soapy so he decides to rinse his hair in the sink because the shower's out of commission for like 30 minutes once something like that happens right so he decides to rinse his hair in the, the kitchen sink and he's like leaned over the sink and he's like oh this is kind of tough I'm having a hard time this is harder than I thought it would be and Cherry's like oh I can help you so she rinses his hair <laughs> in the sink and then they talk about how natural it feels yeah he goes, have you ever had your hair washed in a kitchen sink uh not in a kitchen sink but in a sink yeah my mom used to wash it. our hair in the fucking kitchen sink it does not feel natural yeah it does not feel okay it doesn't we've done it in like the the washroom basin like, uh-huh. the, like the laundry room like the you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about in in there and I hate it enormously. No, there's but nothing Ma- natural about it. Miguel goes, I feel like I've been touched by an angel. Ugh, these people. All right. Yeah. So that's what's going on with these idiots. Yeah, that's what Jessica interrupts when she comes over to the house. She interrupts this whole mess, yeah. brings them back onto the Bennetts, and then all the kids, minus Reese, are in a clump and they're going to, I guess, head over to the shop. Yeah, minus Reese, Teresa, and Whitney. Who have their own large problems. Yeah. <laughs> Teresa and Whitney have, like, legit real-world fucking problems right. right now. Yes, they do. So now we need to go to Grace's shop. Yes. And finish up. Yes. Grace is in the shop. <laughs> and I guess she has a flashback? Yeah, she has, like, a, a memory of herself as a child. And then she faints. Yeah, she passes out. There's a lot of passing out in this mm-hmm. show. Well, that Lots of actress, fainting. That actress does a lot of fainting. Yes, she does. She, Grace and Faith faint. And she's both of those people. Yep. Mm-hmm. They faint a lot. So she's passed out on the floor. And then Sam comes in and sees her. She starts to kind of come to, and he sees her on the floor, and he lifts her up. He's like, what's going on here? Are you okay? Yeah. Are you okay, babe? Like, what's happening? Mm. And then what happens? She tells him. She tells him about the memory of her being a little girl, and she's playing with someone, but the other person is just herself. And it's like, come on, girl. It's your twin sister. Right. It's your twin sister. Right. It's I, your twin sister. I just... Woo. And he's like, that's great. You had a memory. You haven't had a memory in 20 years. Like, that's great. <laughs> well, I haven't had a memory in, in 20, 20 years. years. So then they decide to get back on the missing persons chat room. Right. She's like, I'm, I'm fine. You don't need to take me to the hospital. The most important thing to do now is get in a chat room. Get on the missing persons chat room. And guess who else has decided to go brave the missing persons chat room once again? Who? You tell me. I don't know. Seeker. <laughs> A.K.A. Faith Standish. Faith Standish. Yeah, she's at her home, again, worried about charity constantly. She sees, like, boxes of half-packed things, and, like, one of them is, like, her little seeker t-shirt from the carnival. She picks up that picture of her and Grace where they look like old women, but apparently they just graduated from high school. That was... (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, I'm going to try this chat room again. And so they connect, and Faith is like, you know what, I agree to talk to you, Mr. Sam, 
But, well, I don't know if they know each other's names. Well, she's Seeker. I don't know if he I don't know what Sam. his screen name is. But she goes, I, I, I'm agreeing to this. I will talk to you. But if for any reason I feel like uh, this is untrustworthy, then I'm going to log off. Right. But they connect just enough for her to tell Sam that she is related to, to Grace. Grace. Yeah. He says, does, does Grace have any family? And she says, yes, me. Yeah. And then they're all excited. Grace is like, I've been waiting so long to find out if I have any family. And yeah, girl, you've bumped into them like a million times. Yeah, you just have to turn around. <laughs> yes, just uh, turn around. Just turn around, girl. So Or stand in one place for a little bit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she's such a busybody. She's got two full-time jobs. That's true. She's all over the place. She's volunteering. Grace never, never stands still. She's always going. Because if she would just stand in one place for like five minutes, charity would happen upon her. Yeah. She well, just can't stand still. I mean, the question now is how long are we going to have to put up with with this? Like, before they finally meet. 10 episodes? 20 episodes? Let's see. 30 episodes? Before they finally meet, I'm going to say, I don't know if they're ever going to actually meet. Seriously? Yeah. Because honestly, I don't remember Faith. Oh, maybe evil gets Faith. But maybe I just don't. I might just not remember. I, for, but my guess would be that they would. They're going to meet in like twelve episodes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Twelve more episodes of this bullshit. Yeah. But I honestly like. I remember Charity. I remember Grace. I remember Sam. I don't really remember Faith. Mm. So I feel like she's in the story. She must be in the story at the beginning. But then they like get rid of her somehow. Huh. Because I or maybe. She is in there, and I just don't... I don't know, but I don't remember Faith. All right. Maybe she becomes inconsequential. Yeah. Either that Once or they maybe, meet. Once maybe they Tabitha meet. gets her. But yeah. if she's Charity's mom and Charity stays in the show, like, you would think that she'd be around a little bit. Yeah. Maybe the actress was just like, I'm playing two roles and getting two paychecks, and yeah. I'm not, you know... I, I don't know. know. Well, I hope she was getting two paychecks. I don't know. Well, that's... Is there anything else in episode 36? No. I don't think so. Thank God, no. Yeah, this episode... Eh. This episode and probably the next, probably going to be very meh. Probably the next, yeah. Yeah. Until I, we get back to Teresa. I foresee set up for another, like, four episodes. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a little short break, but we'll be right back. Okay, so we are back from the break. We're back from the break. We are back from the... Break. Break. <laughs> okay. So, episode 37 was super boring. I kind of... I liked it, but you, you, not much happened. Yeah, nothing happened. A few things happened. Some things happened. Yeah. So, where does this episode start? Does it start the at mansion. the Crane Mansion? That's mm-hmm. what I thought. Mm-hmm. So, we started the Crane Mansion. Thank God. Oh, I miss Teresa and Whitney <laughs> so much. Teresa's in her disguise because she's in the Crane Mansion. Right. Well, Lomax has dragged everybody back yeah. to the Crane Mansion to get to the bottom of this case. Yeah, we're going to get to the bottom of this shit. So, Whitney, Teresa, and Ivy all come back to the Crane Mansion with Frank Lomax, and he says... I know who's your your son's stalker, ma'am, and right. it, the answer is right under your nose. <laughs> Ethan comes in the room and Frank points at Teresa. She's right here. <laughs> yeah. And Frank explains that the girls had lied to him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why are they covering for that? They seem to be covering for this girl. Right. But Ivy 
fiercely defends the mm-hmm. girl. She's like, they, these two are from great homes. Their parents are pillars in the community. And then she says, but it is a serious charge. So girls, if you do know anything, please speak up now. And Ethan gets really pissed off about this. Yeah, he doesn't believe they're covering anything up. He's like, Frank, I hired you to do a job. You know, not to harass teen girls. He reminded me so much of David from 90 Day Fiance before the 90 Days, who gets so mad at every private investigator for telling him that Lana is scamming the fuck out of him. Oh, He's like, get him out of here! Get him out! He doesn't know what he's talking about. It's like, here's 15 other websites that the girl you're talking to is is using to meet other men. Is scamming other men on. Right, and... Instead of getting mad at Lana, he gets mad at the P.I. Yeah, for telling him the truth. Right. So Ethan pulled kind of a David in this moment. One kind of gets mad at the P.I. For just telling him what he has discovered. Mm-hmm. At this point, Teresa swoons, and yeah. Ethan catches her in his yeah. arms. I mean, come on. Yeah. Whitney is like, come on, Teresa, let's go to the powder yeah, room. Yeah, I'm sure she just needs a little cold water on her face. And so she, like, whisks her away to the to the bathroom, and... Then they, you know, talk in the bathroom. They commiserate. They're like, how can we get Ivy and Ethan to drop this investigation? Because this cannot continue. Right. And while they're in the bathroom, we learn a bit of information, which we already knew, but Ethan didn't know, which is that Julian called in a sexual harassment suit for on Luis, and Ethan gets mad. So Ivy tells him, you know, the Julian called the mayor and threatened to file a sexual harassment suit against the city, basically. And then Ethan's like, he went behind my back and did that even though he forbade me from using the sexual harassment defense in court. and Which he did anyway. Yeah, well, he did it anyway, like you said, and whatever. Who cares? Well, it's important because now Ethan knows, and by extension, Sheridan will know. Surely he's going to tell his aunt. Yeah. Yeah. And he's and he's mad, and he knows that Sheridan will also be furious. Yeah. So that's just a tiny aside. It, it's going to move the story of Ford in a different episode, but not this. But Ivy does deliver a really good line to Ethan. She goes, your father frequently plays God. Get used to it. And I'm like, well, oh, there you go. Here we go. That's he, Julian Crane in a nutshell. Here we go with Julian Crane. So the girls come back and decide to double down on this South America lie <laughs> for whatever reason. You know, if it were me, I would say, first of all, because he didn't have a real picture of her. He just had a sketch. Right. I would say, well, she looked like a girl that I knew who moved to South America, but I don't know that that's who you're talking about. I don't know this girl. I don't yeah. know who you're talking about specifically. I I mean, I could have been wrong. Do you have the sketch? Knowing he's torn it up. Oh, you yeah. Know? So... I feel like they could have gotten out of this even easier than they did mm-hmm. by just saying, like, can we see the sketch again? Because, honestly, I'm not sure if that's the person that I was thinking about in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, I only saw it one time very briefly. They also need to get their story straight and, like, decide on a name for this mysterious girl who's moved to South America. Well, I you... mean, that's a big lie and they have nothing to back it up. Well, nobody has asked them. Truth, which is yeah. ridiculous. None of the adults in this room have asked these girls, what's her name? Yeah. Because I feel like it would be very easy for a PI to search somebody's name mm-hmm. and see if they've moved, mm-hmm. if they ever ever actually lived in the town, right? right? Like, there's surely if a whole family, a whole last family moved to South America from Harmony, more than just this one girl would know about it. 
Well, and also, the cranes would want to follow the fuck up. You know, they would want to follow up and make sure that it really happened because Ivy is hell-bent. She is like, this person is dangerous. She needs help. She is not well, and she needs assistance. Like, who... She would... And she loves her son. Yeah. So she would make sure that everything was wrapped up in a nice, pretty little bow. Well... Ethan says, you know, this case, basically, like, this is done. It's over. Yeah. He, like, really kind of gives up on it. He says, I gotta make a phone call, Frank. Leave these girls alone. Mm-hmm. And then he and Frank have, like, a tense moment. Even though Frank works for you. First of all, why are you calling him Ethan? He's Mr. Crane. Yeah. Well, Ethan Although I think always, Ethan did tell, always yeah. tells people, please call, call me, me Ethan. Ethan. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. He, But he was really kind of disrespectful to him as his client. Yeah. I think uh, yeah, I mean you're right. Yeah, so, Ethan was rude to to Lomax. Yeah. Lomax was rude to Ethan. Lomax says to Ethan, you know, I've never dropped a case yet and I'm not going to start now, Ethan. You know. Yeah, he's kind of like let me do my job, please. And the thing is, if Ethan, the person who hired you, says I'm done with this, then shouldn't you be done with it too? Move yeah. on to a new case. Yep. But that's not what that's not what Frank Lomax is doing. So Ethan yep. goes to take his phone call. Well, oh. before that, we should probably talk about the, when the girls come back in the living room. Mm-hmm. Teresa starts giving up some details because she's like, "Oh, you know, the, I'm sure it was an accident. This girl who met you. I mean, when I met the Cranes, I was so nervous. My knees were knocking together. You know, like I'm sure this girl was just really nervous when she met you, and she accidentally spilled paint on you. She accidentally spilled so milkshakes. She the... starts giving up details that she shouldn't really know about. Yeah, and Lomax picks up on it because the camera zooms in on him, looking like looking at suspicious. Her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does do that bullshit. Ugh, yeah, Teresa. like Teresa has this problem where she can't stop her mouth. So she, at this point, she has really almost convinced the important players that she and Whitney don't need to be a part of this. But she keeps on talking. Yeah. And I think she's going to get herself in trouble because of it. Oh, Teresa Lopez Fitzgerald. Yeah. So th- these girls are in trouble mm-hmm. still. So Ethan leaves, tells Frank, I'm done with this, basically. Yeah, I got to make gotta, a phone call. Yeah, I got to make a phone call. And then Frank turns to Ivy kind of privately and says, don't you want to catch the person who's stalking your son? She says, of course I do, but I don't think it's here. And he's like, well, let me do this. And I'm sure there's something here. And she's like, okay, well, do do what you need to do. And Mm -hmm. she leaves. She kind of washes her hands of the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, I have an appointment. Goodbye. Do what you must. And so then he takes off his jacket and he's got on his cop suspenders. And he's like rolling up his sleeves. He's like, all right, girls. It's time to tell the truth. <laughs> and these little teenagers don't realize that they don't have to talk to this man. He's not even a police officer. He's a private eye. They have right. They don't have to talk to him. They don't have to talk to him at all. He's no. Not, Whitney especially doesn't have to talk to him. Mm-mm. Teresa, like her mom lives in that, not lives, her mom works in that house mm. and it might be suspicious that she decides just not to talk to them. And she, But Whitney has zero connection except for that she teaches Ivy tennis lessons. Right. And that's a new thing. If I were her, I'd be like, okay, I'm going home now. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where we ended with the cranes. Yeah. And the crane mansion. That's it at that location. Should we move on to the youth center? Yes, please. Okay. So remember, Sheridan has just discovered that Luis is the director at the youth center. And 
They start fighting, of course. And Luis looks at her and goes, you know what? You've obviously made a wrong turn. The jewelry store is around the block. <laughs> so, like, the way that this town is set up just doesn't make any sense. The police department... No, he's at the youth center, which is around the corner from Grace's shop, which is around the corner from the jewelry store. Well, I think I think it does make sense, <laughs> actually. Downtown? I think it's kind of a downtown, like, square uh, oh, kind of thing. Oh, I see. So they've got the youth center, they've got the coffee shop, they've got mm. her, Grace's shop, probably the police station around there somewhere, like, kind of a downtown area. The courthouse. Okay. Yeah. Like a little teeny town square. Yeah. All right, this is making more sense to me. I think that part makes sense. It makes more sense than the house situation like right. where, where Tammy could see Charity and Miguel after right. he, she walked from from Miguel's house that part doesn't make sense because they're because she I don't know I don't know I don't know Harmony is like two square blocks yeah I don't this, and plus this the crane layout. mansion plus the crane mansion up on the hill yeah so these people where are we the oh the youth center so, yes, they argue. Again, girl, my notes. Luis and Sheridan argue. Luis and Sheridan, Sheridan argue some more. <laughs> she finally tells him she's assigned to do her community service there, and they argue even more. Like, <laughs> literally everything is just about them arguing, because I don't know, they don't ever, rarely do they say anything. Yeah. They just zing each other a lot. It's true. I mean, Luis did say... Tell him the truth. You smashed two of my cars. Yeah. Because Hank has now learned that Sheridan was talking about Luis being awful, and Luis was talking about Sheridan being awful. So everyone's kind of putting two and two together here. Right. But yeah, you're right. They do just kind of zing each other, and they're mo- most of the time they're not good enough to really like call out specifically. Yeah. But and so in the midst of them arguing the first time, Miguel calls. Right. And talks to... <laughs> and... Luis is like, what do you want? (laughs) He's like, I'm busy. I don't have time. Miguel's like, oh, is this a bad time? And he's like, yeah, but not for you. (laughs) I always got time for you. What do you want? Like, you know, he was mad. And then he kind of cooled down and talked to um, Miguel. And Miguel just says he really wanted some help finding Charity's aunt. Luis says, well, I'll be at the police station later. Just call and give me more details later. Yeah. Then he goes back to arguing with Sheridan. Mm Mm-hmm. And while Luis is on the phone with his brother, Sheridan is just complaining to Hank. Like, she's taking every possible moment to, like, just be like, Luis is terrible. Blah, blah. So, so this seed is really being planted, even though Hank knows Luis? I don't know. Uh, you know, whatever. These two argue some more. She finally, finally tells him, well, I'm assigned to do my community service here. Like, I can't leave. I'm supposed to be here right now. He's like, oh, that ain't gonna fly. (laughs) You know, so he goes and after they argue some more, after she tells him that, he goes and says, well, I'm gonna call the judge and we're Mm -hmm. gonna get this straightened out. Mm -hmm. He calls the judge to get her reassigned. The judge is like, nope, you're stuck with her. Yeah. Basically. And then they argue some more. And they argue some more. And Hank steps in and he's like, you know what? There's a good compromise I think we can reach. Sheridan has offered to give a substantial donation to the youth center in lieu of working these hours. And Luis gets really mad about that. He's like, look, no, the cranes continue to buy their way out of every problem. I'm not happy 
that she has to work here, but she's going to work here. I'm not taking a cent from her. And Sheridan's like, and I'm not writing you a check. Yeah, because you're just going to try to say I'm trying to bribe you. Exactly. And... yeah, and he does say a bribe. Like they both kind of hit there at the same time. Yeah. So I mean, they're both they both have made the right decision. But it's interesting to me that Hank is coming back to the money. I don't know. I still I we know Hank is going to pull some nonsense, but it really seems like he's trying to get a dime out of Sheridan, like from the, from jump. You know. Yeah. It's also important to note that when does he ask her on that date? He asks her like after. Uh, Luis gets off the phone with the judge, but it really, he slips it in there. He's like, oh, by the way, like, do you want to join me for dinner? And Sheridan's like, I guess. Like, (laughs) she's like, she's angry. She's frustrated. Why are you asking me on a date? You know what I mean? Yeah. Down at the Lobster Shack. Guess who else has a date at the Lobster Shack? Who? I actually don't know. Luis and Beth. Oh, shit, I forgot about Louise and Beth. Louise and Beth have a date at the Lobster Shack at 7, I believe. And I believe that's when Sheridan and Hank have their date at the Lobster Shack. Who's so... I'm just... Oh, brother. These two people are just destined to bump into each other and ruin everybody's night. We're just doing Lobster Shack Part 2. Yes. The Next Generation. Yes. Like, we started with the kids. Now we're jumping into, like, these, like, 20-somethings. You know what I mean? It's the same fucking thing, though. We headed back to the Lobster Shack, and I, for one, cannot wait. Can't Um, wait. Get some Lobster Newbert. Yep. Or Newberg. What was it called? Lobster Uber. That's what I thought thought she said. Lobster Lobster Uber. Uber. Well, Hank can't pay for it. He better hope he gets that free, those free, those two free dinners. Free dinner. Because how embarrassing. Yeah. You invite a woman to go to dinner and then you can't pay for the dinner? He dine and ditch. (laughs) Sheridan Crane can't dine and ditch. I'm sure Sheridan Crane thinks she can dine and ditch if she, but she wouldn't. She wouldn't do something like that. No, I don't think so. No, because she can afford it. There's no reason for her to die Easily. She just, she just smashes into cars and ditches. Right. Like, that's her thing. Car- and people. Mm. Cars, ditches, people. She is a ditch. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> a ditch. Such a ditch. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, goodness. So that's all with the youth center. That's yeah? it. So we need to talk about the Bennetts and Charity and Faith and Grace and Sam and all of this. This whole storyline. Yeah. Should we quickly do Tabitha and Timmy before we jump into them? Girl, yes. Let's talk about <laughs> Timmy and Tabitha very quickly. Because they, they don't really have anything going on. They don't have but they anything do. going on. But we still have to talk about them. Because Timmy thinks Tabitha is dead. She's passed out drunk on the floor. And he, in his heart, believes that she's moved on. Yeah, he's he thinks she's dead He's sad. He's crying. He has a montage of flashbacks. And this <laughs> montage is literally every scene. Like a clip from every scene they have ever been in in this show. Up through this episode 37. It's so long. There's so many clips. They had to shorten the theme song at the beginning to make room for the length of this montage. Absolutely. And it was worth it. It was well worth it. It was... God, it was so good. Oh, poor Timmy was in tears. He goes, "You're I can't do the Timmy voice as well as you do." But he says, "You were Timmy's reason for living." He's Timmy's reason for living, Sabtha. And he does a little toast, picks up his martini glass, martini glass, does a toast, and then he tries to do like CPR poorly. Yeah, he's but like, he's "I can't, he I know. can't let you die, and you can't die now." And he's pressing on her chest, but he also thinks she's dead. And then 
And then, and then he drags out a tiny piano <laughs> with a candelabra on it. And then he sits down at the tiny piano and starts to play a song that is not all Lane Zine. It was supposed to be, but, but it wasn't. But he sings all Lane Zine. Oh. But the what he's playing is something completely different. I and the, and the melody he's singing is also also completely wrong. At this point, I said, "What is happening?" And then it all caps. What is this? <laughs> Should old acquaintance be forgotten? I think he was trying to sing the melody. He just couldn't do it. It was a mess. It was. I was in stitches. I was laughing so hard. And he sang like the whole song, like the whole refrain. Yeah. But lots of words were missing or wrong. And he I don't was know. banging I on this it. tiny piano. It had like one and a half octaves. Yeah, <laughs> but the what the music that was playing was like a celesta, like a yeah. like bells <laughs> yes. yeah. coming out of yes. it. Yes, it was not. It was not a piano. <laughs> Everything about it was so exquisitely wrong. Then, then he gets up, says, "Well, I'm out of here," and grabs a bag of golf clubs and. Um, like a fur boa stole thing and his tiny suitcase and he's on his way out the door when Tabitha finally comes to. That's right. And Tabitha's like, get me some aspirin now. So Timmy gets her some aspirin, gets some water, tells Tabitha that he has bad news and Tabitha goes, well, it couldn't be bad news unless it has... She's like, well, the only bad news that I can imagine is that if Charity was next door at the Bennett house with all of those children talking about her aunt and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, no, she really goes all the way through what has actually happened. Right. Right? She's like, if Charity... Basically, like, if Charity saw... Grace, while she was actually on the bus coming into Harmony, yeah. and then saw Miguel, and then went to find Grace, and then went to the Bennett home, and fi- and is figuring it out as we speak. Exactly. And Timmy's like, yeah, that's exactly what has happened. Yeah, that's it in a nutshell, Tabitha. You got it. You nailed it, Tabitha. Yeah. And so then Tabitha starts to kind of, she's sobering up and scheming about what can we do. Yeah. What can we do about this? How can I fix this? So she finally decides to head over to Grace's shop. And kind of keep her from seeing that brat. That brat. Yeah. And somehow, in the midst of all of this, Tabitha muses about Rasputin, her former lover, because she goes, Ah, Rasputin. Now there's a man who could curl a girl's toes. <laughs> ra ra Rasputin, lover <laughs> of the Russian queen. <laughs> lover of Tabitha. I mean, she has, she what? She had a relationship with Rasputin? Yeah, she probably killed him. This? She's the reason that he died finally. It was Tabitha. She probably killed him. (laughs) That wasn't the hypothermia at all. No. Oh, God. This show has everything. It has everything. It's excellent. So that's what's going on with Tabitha. She's going to head over to Grace's shop. Right. So now let's get into these, these people. Grace, Faith, Charity, Sam... The Bennetts, everybody who was involved in this charity situation. Yeah. Where do you want to start? I think let's start with the, the kids at the Bennett house and then talk about Sam, Grace, and Faith. Okay. So the kids are at the Bennett house. Jessica has suggested that they go to the shop to talk with Grace to see if they can help identify Charity's missing aunt. 
like, as they're discussing this, of course, Reese shows up. Because I've been like, where the fuck is Reese? He has to be a part of this. Reese Durkee, our favorite turkey. He He's just back. comes in the house. And Kay is like, forget my mother. Reese is the person that we need to find Charity's aunt. We don't need my mom. Let's talk to Reese. And everyone's like, why? Yeah. Why? Yeah, and she says, well... Reese, doesn't your father work at the bank? And she, he says, well, she, he's the president of the bank. Also, they have one bank in Harmony. It's it's a two-block town. <laughs> he's the president of the bank. And so she says, see, everybody goes in and out of the bank. Surely he would know her. Mm-hmm. And then Reese is like, yeah, maybe, but he's out of town for two weeks. Yeah, he's like, he's not in town. He won't be back for a while. So I don't even know why they even, why do they even spend time on this? Because Kay just doesn't want her mom to get involved and actually help Charity. Mm. Because Kay doesn't want Charity around. So she's trying to put up roadblocks that seem helpful but aren't really. Mm, Okay. I think that's what this is. Yeah, it just... It would be a roadblock if they if his dad had been in town, but his dad's not in town. So it's like, why are we even wasting time with this little snippet? That's true. I get... yeah, Yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying there. But, um... Miguel, that's when Miguel chooses to call Luis because mm-hmm. he's like, you know what? We're not having any luck getting in touch with Mrs. Bennett. Reese's dad is not going to be able to help us. I'm going to call Luis. He's a policeman. Maybe they can help, which honestly is where they should have started. Mm-hmm. They're investigators. Right. So he calls Luis. We already know about that conversation. Luis tells him to come down to the police station later. Meanwhile, Reese is explaining identical twin stuff, I guess, for viewers of the show who don't know about, like, twin telepathy and things. Yeah, saying, like, scientific studies have shown that some twins can feel each other and have sympathetic, like, feelings towards each other. One twin can feel what the other twin is experiencing, blah, blah, blah. And then Charity says, that must be why my mom has always said she feels so close to Grace. She always knew she wasn't dead because she could still feel her. Mm -hmm. Who cares? Yeah, so while all this is happening, Simone pulls Kay to the side because Simone is smart and she has put two and two together. Of all people. Of all people to put two and two together. Because, so, Charity says about her mom, she says, yeah, she ha- she, they haven't seen each other in years, in many years. And Simone says, they haven't, she hasn't seen her own sister in years? And Charity's like, yeah, they got, they got lost from each other, basically. And then that's when Simone's like, Kay, I think I know who Charity's aunt is. Like, hear me out. And so she tells her her suspicion, you know, I think it's your mom. And Kay's like, no, no. Yeah. Kay, do- Kay actually does, this is, I, like I said, Kay's growing on me. Because <laughs> Kay actually does the exact correct thing. She, she has the exact reaction to this information that is reasonable, which is, no, Charity's been in town dozens of times, basically. She's like, mm. they've had dozens of times to, to see each other. Surely she's seen my mom a bunch of times, like, at the carnival. At the house at, we're in. Yeah, at the carnival. My, they, she's been to my house. They, you know, at the party. These th- All of these things. She's like, surely she's seen her. And Simone's like, but what if they've just missed each other? Which is what this stupid show is doing, <laughs> right? Like, Kay is correct. How have they not seen each other by now? <sighs> Kay is 100% correct, which is why it is so ridiculous. Right? right? Yeah. 
But Simone has surmised the truth of it she all. She figured it all out. She did. But Kay's still not believing her. She she looks at Simone and she goes, what are you trying to do, Simone? Give me a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. She is like furious. She makes a good point. She's like, if that's true, then that girl, Charity, is my cousin. And I will not watch Miguel yeah. fall in love with my cousin and not me. Yeah. I mean... Okay. What a predicament. Okay. I mean, I don't like her, but she's growing on me a little bit. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, Lord. So then, (laughs) what happens with Miguel and Charity? Why does so Jessica at some point decides to go to the store to get their mom? I think she get Grace, but nobody else goes with her. Yeah, I think she is really convinced. That her mom is the right person to help, and she's tired of listening to Kay put up ro- those roadblocks and mm-hmm. try to delay the inevitable. And she's like, and Miguel couldn't get Luis on the phone because right. he's in the middle of something. So I think Jessica was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to go get my mom. Right. You know, let's get an adult in this situation, please. Right. So she goes over to the shop. Well, and also, once again, we're in a place where. If- one person would ask one simple question, we would get the answers we need, which is, what is her name? Right. What's her name? <laughs> you have a name? You got a name? And nobody's asking for her name, and Charity's not giving her name. Right. Oh, oh it's so dumb. It, it, the fact it's that the we, worst way to stretch this out. It's a really poor way to stretch this out, and we've been basically in this exact same place, literally, where everybody was at the house and they just missed each other for an entire episode. Frankly, three I'm episodes. pretty sure we've done this three times. Yeah. Like, this exact scenario. Yeah. They yeah. really just kept doing it over and over. And we kept watching. So yeah. who's the sucker? <laughs> I'm just trying to get back to <laughs> Teresa. Right? Like, I, they could really... I could not care any less about these twins. Mm. Frankly, I care the only thing it. I care about it is the only reason I care about it is because of the superpowers that they seem to have or yeah. something like the only reason I care about it is because Tabitha doesn't want them to come together because of something that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. That's mm-hmm. the only reason I care about it. Otherwise, it's n- not a compelling story. Uh, yeah, it yeah. would it would yeah. have been compelling, but they have stretched this out so fucking far. Right. That I'm super bored with it. I mean, I. I am ready for these women to meet each other. We don't get that, but we we get pretty close. Yeah. So we can move to Grace's shop now. Yes. yes let's do it. Tell us about it. <laughs> I don't think I took any notes on it. Oh, wait. Yes, I did. No, I didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. No worries. I did. Okay. So to remind everybody, Sam and Grace have decided to go back to the missing person's chat room to see if they can get in touch with Seeker. And Faith has decided to do the same thing. So they actually have connected in the chat room and are talking. And Faith has confirmed that she is related to Grace. She is her family. So Sam and Grace get really excited, start talking about the missing family members. Uh, Grace gets online and says, please tell me who you are. And Faith is concerned that this might be a trick. Mm -hmm. And do you remember what she says to convince Faith that it's legit? Oh, my God. She says, cross my heart and hope to die if I'm telling a lie or if I lie to you. If I ever lie to you. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then Faith on the other end is like, oh, my gosh, how could she know? 
Girl, every six-year-old knows cross my heart and hope to die. Right. But I think maybe it was like the weird little ending that convinced her. Cross my heart and hope to die if I ever lie to you. I've always said cross my heart and hope to die if I ever tell a lie. Oh, it must be regional, because mine is cross my heart and hope to die, stick a needle in your in, eye. Oh, I've heard that one, too. Yeah, that's the only w- version I know. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, maybe it's a thing. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it is a thing. That's my. Th- that's what I'm saying. It is a thing, so why would that be the thing that gets her to say, oh, this is definitely Grace? Oh, I see. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Who doesn't know that? Well, who it, hasn't said that? It works. It does work. She goes, how <laughs> could she know? That that's like a little saying that they we've said to each other before, and so she, they have like a little flashback and yeah they go back to the twins are like playing with the tea set and Grace says I swear I didn't break your tea set Faith cross my heart and hope to die if I ever tell you a lie or whatever you know and Mm -hmm. then you know that's how we know that's how we're supposed we're supposed to believe that. The, that's a special thing between these two sisters. Well, I again, I think it's because it's that one slight change and that everybody else knows, like, a different version of it, but mm-hmm. only these two people know this specific... Again, it's flimsy. Most things in this show are flimsy, but I guess that's what we're supposed to believe. It yeah. works. Faith it is like, work. I believe you. I am your twin sister, Faith. Woo! I'm so. in Castleton. I have a niece. I mean, I have a daughter. You have a niece. Right. And then Grace is like, you have two nieces and a nephew. These two, the Bennets have a son, we just found out about. Yes. Who is away at college, I assume. They yeah. say he's away at school. Presumably college, Yeah, so I assume yeah. he's their older brother. I'm sure he's hot. Yeah, I bet, I'll he bet is. he's gonna be hot, whoever he is. Bennett. I wonder what his first name is. Ben Bennett. Oh, girl, <laughs> stop it. What what name could he have? I don't know. Okay, well, Sam's name is Sam. So Sam's name so is Sam. Maybe he's Sam Junior. Maybe he's Frodo. Maybe he is Frodo. Frodo Bennett. And maybe he's Bilbo. No. Okay. <laughs> no, well, because Sam and Frodo are buddies. Yeah, but they're not. He's not That's his true. brother. I mean, he's mm. not his son. Ugh, anyway, so these two are talking. Grace and Faith are talking, and Faith is like, we used to be so close when we were young. Why didn't you try to keep in touch? Like, what happened? Was it them? Did they get you? And Grace is like, who is they? (sighs) What's this them? So Faith is seeming unhinged to this woman who... Well, Grace doesn't seem to be that bothered by it, though. She's like, I don't know what she's talking about. Who is they? But, you know, it makes sense that she wouldn't be too bothered by it because she doesn't know what the fuck happened to her right she doesn't know anything she's she and she tells faith she's like i had amnesia i woke up in the hospital the last thing i remember is like a fire i've got nothing i didn't know who to contact there's i mean i i don't know what you're talking about basically yeah you know so these two women have connected finally 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 they i need them to exchange phone numbers yeah they still haven't done that even though they, I mean, they do have each other's phone numbers as Mrs. Standish and Mrs. Bennett. Right. But I need them to exchange phone numbers and kind of realize. Yes. What's going Faith on and here. Grace, yeah. Yeah. Faith Standish and Grace Bennett. That yeah. they know each other, know each other. Ugh. They've already been talking to each other. It's so crazy. Yeah. Oh, also, Faith, uh, not in the chat, but like separately to camera, the actress delivers a line. And it was like, oh, it was them who started the fire. Mm-hmm. They started the fire. They tried to kill Grace and keep us apart, you yeah. know. So, I guess these evil forces. 
Yeah, they, I mean, fire. yeah, I mean, she says that, and then it cuts to Tabitha and Timmy. <laughs> yeah, so it had to be them. It's like they, but I, I mean, know. of course, Tabitha and Timmy. Well, I guess it was probably Just Tabitha, Tabitha and, alone and her other doll, whoever her her previous doll was. But of course, instead of relying on her magic, she just does like stupid things, like try and pull some planks out of the pier, set a fire. I don't know, like use your magic I if you know. have magic. Why wouldn't you use it? I don't know, girl. I don't know. I think her magic just has limits. I think it just has limits. She disappeared an entire tent. She managed to do that. She couldn't disappear a she, couple planks out yeah, from underneath charity. That's true. You know what I, I mean? Don't I don't I don't get I don't what are the rules? There are none. So anyway, we leave this conversation with Faith and Grace. They're talking. And Faith keeps bringing up this they, and Grace questions it because it is very suspicious. Mm -hmm. She goes, who exactly are they? Right. And Faith says her good old standby line. They are the forces of darkness. I'm afraid they're in harmony. They're very close to you, Grace. Girl, this woman is so melodramatic. And and I guess she does know more than everybody else. But then Jessica comes in and Sam stops her kind of at the door. And she says, well, I need mom to help us with something. He says, don't disturb your mom right now. She's really working on something. This is really important. And she says, well, what I'm, what I need is really important too. And he, and she explains that charity needs to her to help her find someone. And he says, not now, basically Mm. your mom will help her later. Ugh, ugh. (sighs) these people are looking for the same people. They're looking for each other. Uh, so many near misses. It's annoying. They're really going to extend this as long as they can. But they're finally close. They're finally yeah. actually close. It Be- can't go on much longer. Before there was, like, physical proximity that was very annoying. But now that everyone's, like, on the case. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it has to be coming soon. Yeah, I can't, like I said, I can't go on like this. Right. <laughs> Something's got to give. It's just ridiculous. It's, it's, it's past ridiculous. Yeah. Ugh. But at least we took a big step forward. Yeah. And hopefully we won't take a big jump backwards. Oh, good God, no. Good God, no. All right. Anything else in this episode? I don't think that's, so. That's all I had. Sweet. Okay. So, remember to follow us, like us on Facebook and Instagram at Passions Podcast, or send us an email if you so please or wish, um, passionspodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Remember to rate and subscribe to our podcast on all any platform, but especially on Apple if you're listening on Apple. All right? Yes, please and thank you. Cool, we cool, super cool. duper appreciate it. And I, I'm kind of loving this like little community that's engaged on Instagram. People are like talking to each other yeah. and like sharing things about the show and all that. And I love it. But I have to say, this is my first time watching the show. So please try to avoid spoilers. I've encountered quite a few now. Are you really? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, I'm not mad about it. I understand that this show is 10 years old and, you know, most of our listeners love it. And I love it too, but I've seen 36 episodes and, not, and most people have seen hundreds, if not thousands. thousands. So just, you know, if you're following along, we love it. Thank you. But just try and keep the spoilers to a minimum, please. Cool. All right. Well, with that... You are my passion for life. Lobster Shack, baby, Lobster Shack. Woo! Got me a car and it's as big as a lobster. <laughs>